Hey Dave, Jason here. Glad to hear season two is coming up. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to his random tables. Take it easy. Bye. Come in, my child, out of the cold and listen how the stories told. From fairy tales to happenstance, the dice rule every random chance. Take off your coat and stay a while, we'll roll in that deep descent time. Hi everyone, it's Dave, you're listening to Deeper Centile. This is Season 2, Episode 1. Thanks Jason for the call in there with the good wishes. Starting as I mean to go on, this is packed full of random table content. I'm going to discuss a classic random table, I'm going to roll on it, I'm going to bring to your attention a random table product that you might not have noticed on RPG, and I'm going to talk a little little bit about putting a random table together so I'll just get on with it. A little while ago I asked for recommendations of uh, random tables that I could make and a couple of people independently suggested tables for um, neurosis and phobias and I immediately remembered some very detailed treatment of this in Palladium books particularly their um, modern settings like Heroes Unlimited, Ninjas and Super Spies, and so on. And I also expressed some nervousness about dealing with mental trauma in role-playing. And I got a lot of really sensible responses saying, look, we, we, we deal with physical trauma in quite a lot of detail. We shouldn't be coy uh, in general about talking about mental well-being and issues of mental trauma. Um, so this is a place where appropriate that we should go in role-playing. So I've dug out my Palladium uh, insanity tables with some nervousness because Palladium are not renowned for getting the sensitivity right, for avoiding clumsy stereotypes and so on. Uh, I've gone to Heroes Unlimited because I remembered that it had, I've got the um, Heroes Unlimited revised. Uh, the sixth printing is my copy of that in February 1991. Um, because I remembered that um, there was a particularly detailed treatment in here. So uh, this book reproduces the uh, insanity and mental trauma table that you find pretty much word for word throughout those settings. It's the same table in Ninjas and Super Spies, I think beyond the supernatural um, have exactly the same table, introduced the same way. But you've also got a whole other table, which is particularly for comic book, as they say, comic book crazy heroes. The language here, comic book crazy heroes, comic book wackos, which Kevin C. Mbieda says are more and more popular in comic books. So you've got those, you, you, you've got two sets of tables. And I have to say, I'm sort of reasonably pleasantly surprised. Certainly, the table for... Uh, comic book um, delusions and craziness, given that it is intended to be sort of larger than life, 
um, for your villains or your zany heroes is really good fun to roll on. Very creative, very imaginative. I'm still in two minds about their generic insanity table. As I say, I, I think Kevin C. Mbieda in his treatment of issues can be quite clumsy. This is not an area where I feel I've got particularly authority, particular authority to speak, but I'm not going to roll on that one. Um, there's a few things I've got to say about it. So firstly, you get a reasonably detailed treatment of types of mental trauma and, and the kinds of uh, insanities, as they're called here, that that would lead to. The mental traumas listed here are the kinds of things, well, if you're in, in play, there's definitely X card type of material. But if you're playing a supernatural horror game, for example, or even a superheroes games, these are torture, things like that. These are things that might realistically, characters might realistically experience. Um, some of the wording on page 24 here under trauma, I think it's the same wording as I say that you find in the other books. Uh, I found, it says, I found that having a character role on the insanity tables after a terrible trauma is very appropriate, realistic and fun. Not sure about that as a choice of words. There are some, there are some fun entries on here, certainly, if I can find an example. So when you roll on the psychosis table, one of the entries there is become a psychiatrist and try to cure everyone around. They're all sick, even if only you have the perspicacity to tell. Be sure to demand stiff fees. That looks like quite a fun one. Uh, under random insanity table, there's one here, reborn, alignment reversal, good becomes evil, evil becomes good, and so on. That looks like it would be a fun one to play. There's just a few things. Oh, and it's, and it's extensive. There's a list of phobias, a deeper centile table for phobias, lists insects, reptiles, boats, opposite sex, dogs, darkness, confining enclosures, and so on. Whole list of obsessions, different lists of affective disorders, neuroses, um, there's some treatment of cures for insanity um, and there's a there's a whole page on alcoholism drug addiction there are a few things that make me a little bit nervous so severe physical disability is listed with a 60% chance of alcoholism or drug addiction um, this may be that percentage chance might be supported by appropriate demographic research, but I wonder if it is or whether um, this is an assumption CMB Ada makes. Some of the entries seem a bit glib in the way that they have mechanically represented um, the conditions. So manic depressive here is listed under psychosis and it says alternate severe depression one week, suicidal, nobody loves you, minus five percent on all skills. With manic episodes the next week, everything is great and I'm the best that there ever was, plus five percent on all skills. I just wonder if that's a little bit of a of a glib way of dealing with mental trauma. But as I say, I'm not, I have no particular expertise here to think about how manic depression would really be manifested mechanically but my I suppose my general nervousness about this table is it's certainly comprehensive and packed full of entries this is the kind of thing I normally get very excited about with random tables I just wonder if you know there's an importance here given the sensitivity of this issue that the random tables are supported by uh, appropriate research do you know what I mean that they're authoritative uh, representations of um, 
mental illness in mechanical terms. I don't normally have that concern. If I was looking at a random table for hit locations, I don't tend to use them very much, um, or a random table for critical injuries, it wouldn't occur to me to think, has this been appropriately medically researched? And perhaps that says something about my own um, nervousnesses in gaming, that I'll quite happily look at a list of physical injuries and not think, do they really know much about biology? But I look at a list of uh, of, of mental illnesses and I just get nervous about whether whether it's whether it's purely supported by the sort of comprehensive imaginative capacities that palladium are well known for or whether it should be a little bit uh, a little bit better research but that's my that's all I'm going to say about that table the table I am going to roll on because it's really good fun is one which is you know intended more to be a representation of um, insanity as it is uh, particularly presented in uh, comic books, rather than uh, rather than necessarily a representation of, of of the effects of mental trauma. So we are going to roll to create a crazy hero. Here we go then, rolling on the crazy hero table percentile, of course, for the random crazy element sixty puts us into power by association. This unusual fixation has the character convinced that he gains his strength, skills or powers from some sort of object or otherworldly source. This is not true. And so on. So the power stems in the hero's delusional belief from another percentile. 89. Solar Syndrome. The solar syndrome has the character convinced that he is solar powered. This is different than the daytime complex in that the hero believes he actually draws on the sun's energy like a solar battery. With sunlight shining brightly and or directly on the hero, he she is at absolute full power and confidence. So confident that the hero is actually tougher and better at everything. And so we get some real bonuses and penalties. We get bonuses in full daylight, plus 10 to structural damage capacity, 5% to all skills. In shadow, artificial light or a gloomy day, all the abilities are half and skills are minus 5%. In darkness, the character has no superhuman powers and skills are minus 20% because of his, sorry, is all his lack of confidence and feeling of inadequacy. There's one roll. That was quite good fun. Let's go back to the random crazy element table. 57. Uh, that's power by association again. Do you know what? I'm going to roll again so we get something different. 67 multiple personalities one of the more unusual phenomena that heroes actually it says phenomenons here uh, phenomena are heroes with several distinct personalities each of these different personalities manifest themselves as a completely different person with different dispositions attitudes and beliefs this is a much more complex character and will require rolling on several tables great so firstly we roll for how many separate personalities i have rolled 77 which is five step two who is the dominant personality um, wow, okay, okay, so you create a name, an alignment, a disposition for your dominant personality. Um, he or she does not know about the other personalities. Step three, who are the other personalities? Roll for the random alignment of each personality. Uh, so we have a, uh, well, we've got to do all five. There's one principled, one 
another principled, uh, another principled, uh, one diabolic, brilliant. So three uh, really good alignments, one diabolic and one um, scrupulous. Okay, so four generally good personalities and then in amongst them is one diabolical personality. This is sounding quite similar to quite a popular feature film. Uh, and then we roll for the personalities of good alignment for their quirks. Oh, drop me die. Uh, okay, 82. Opposite sex. Pick from or roll on the optional rules disposition table to determine the general attitude of the character. May or may not know of their super abilities. Good. There is a 40% chance of being convinced to let a different personality surface yeah this is good this 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 i've 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 ended up rolling something up in 1991 that's sounding quite fresh and topical in terms of um well-known superhero franchises anyway so there's one personality is of the opposite sex um 59 the normal a very mundane innocent bumbling nerd-like youth teenager who knows nothing about super abilities crime fighting or heroics he is friendly but shy and totally bewildered about super beings penalties cannot use the extraordinary abilities okay let's roll a third these are the good ones i think Oh, 05 despondent withdrawn curls up into fetal position and gurgles cannot fight or take any action cannot use powers or even communicate uh, and one last of the good alignments, 46. Righteous indignation, a personality that has a black and white view of the world. Evil must be crushed at all costs. This is a war, thus the end justifies the means. Tends to be judgmental, reactionary and brutal toward evil. Gentle and compassionate to the good and innocent. Uh, no skill or ability penalties nor bonuses. A potentially volatile and dangerous character. There's a 50% chance of convincing him to let any of the other personalities out. And finally, for the evil alignment, let's roll that one. 25. Greedy, a personality that craves wealth and fame. Will always look for the profit and value of any activity. Is a stingy braggart who always connives to get the most money and all the glory. Tends to be secretive, sneaky, deceptive, underhanded and self-centred. And so on. That's actually turned out something quite in interesting. Under the personalities of evil alignments, you had Jack the Ripper, traitor, kleptomaniac, bloodthirsty, megalomaniac, psychopath, hypochondriac... Um, and so on. So I can recommend the Crazy Hero table. Good fun to roll on, despite my reservations uh, about the other accompanying insanity table that we find in Palladium books. All right, a little bit of bonus content for you. So a little while ago, I asked for suggestions of a random table, things that people uh, wanted or needed, and I said I would... I would make it perhaps we'd crowdsource it i went with i got lots of suggestions i'll return to some of them at a later stage but i went with colin's suggestion colin explicitly wanted um he said carvings come up a lot in his dungeons a random table for carvings uh, he said maybe you could do artworks in dungeons more generally but that might get a bit broad i somehow transmuted this into a what's on the walls table 
Uh, and recently I was running my King of Dungeons game and Spike Pit teased me saying, if only we had a What's on the Walls table, that'd be really useful now. So I feel I should give you an update on the progress. Well, What's on the Walls has got big. <laughs> More on that in a moment. But I've also been doing my homework, doing my duty to my listeners, and I've got a little find for you. So on Drive Through RPG, published by Azakale Games in 2017, written by Adrian Canelli, there is a PDF which cost me one of my English quid, and it is called A Hundred Frescoes, Mosaics, Murals and Reliefs to Find in a Dungeon. And it's well worth, I think, that English pound that I paid and it is well it's 100 answers to what's on the walls um, and I'm going to even roll on I'm going to roll a couple of results so you can get a sense of what's there here we go so 77 excuse me while I flick through the pdf 77 this fresco, mosaic, and so on, shows a series of bardic performances across multiple panels. In each panel, the same bard is performing on a stage to an apparently enthralled audience. The bard is using different instruments each time, with them appearing capable of using a wide range. Instruments in the pictures include fiddle, lute, harp, panpipes, drums, mandolin, flute, trumpet and bells. In each case, the instrument is held in the bard's hands. The drums, for example, are a pair mounted at the waist. Do another one, shall we? 27. Looking back the other way. This shows four horsemen riding into the foreground with each horse and rider being different. One horse is white and its rider has a sword and a crown. One horse is red with its rider wielding a great sword. One horse is black and is being ridden by a gaunt figure holding scales. And the final horse is pale and its rider is a hooded skeletal figure holding a scythe. So there you go. I feel I've, 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 um, I've done my job there in finding uh, a product that was already out there that did something quite similar. Uh, to what I was looking for. So how is my piece of work going to be different from that? Well, so here you've got, it's a 15-page or so document. You've got 100 entries. They're all reasonably detailed. They may be tend towards the banal. I think just by the richness, just by virtue of having 100, it's more interesting. But each individual entry is maybe not desperately exciting. So I thought my set of tables should be a generator rather than a than a d100 table so i'm going for a document which might end up being just as long actually but i'm gonna i, I think mine is gonna do a different job certainly i'm going for that broader um broader idea of dungeon art that colin alluded to i'm not just going to do carvings uh, still generally along the idea of what's on the walls. But I'm going to do a generator which will generate lots of different components and produce uh, a variety of different results through combination. Um, but I think just because of the number of tables that I'm going to do, it's going to end up quite big. I've done quite a few of them already. So just to give you an idea, and then I'll tell you about some of the issues that I'm having. So firstly, I thought... I would have a table where you roll for the artistic medium. So what kind of work of art is it? So I've got a D8 table there, but each of those has got a lot of different sub-rolls um, to determine whether it's a painting or a banner or a tapestry or a relief or a sculpture or a mosaic and so on. 
Um, and then each one of those has got subtables, so you can roll for the particular material that it's made of or other details with the painting. You can roll for interesting pigments and so on. Then I've got a table where we're rolling for the apparent condition of the work of art, one for the size and significance of the work of art, whether it's tiny or ostentatious or dominates a whole wall and so on. One for the quality. Is it awful quality? Is it naive? Is it amateur? Is it professional? Is it a masterpiece? Is it a fake? One for the style. And I'm working quite generally within style. I thought, how can I describe different types of style that would cover all of those different possible media? So I've come up with things like grotesque, primitive, um, extravagant or decadent and hyper-realist and so on. Then I've got a table where I roll for the different themes, which will then divert you off to the different tables um, where you'll roll the different components of the images or representations. There's another one for non-representational art as well. And possible themes might include... Um, might include erotic or nature or military or sort of more mundane, urban, courtly, historical themes and so on. And then within the themes, depending on what it is, um, I'll probably have a few tables where, you know, you, you build the scene from a number of different columns. So there'll be a possibility of lots of different components in the picture. So it should be quite fun. You do lots of roles for your work of art and then appended to those. Um, I'm going to have another sort of one page table of further distinguishing features if you don't think what you've rolled is interesting enough. Then I'm going to have a table of weird features if you don't think what you've rolled is weird enough. I'm going to do a table of slogan components or inscription components where you can put together accompanying slogans again from um, little uh, smaller grammatical pieces. Anyway, I should have a a work in progress of that to share quite soon, certainly for the the, the first half of the the tables, and I'd be interested in people's feedbacks. It has made me think about a few a few things. One is the whole crowdsourcing idea. This is a generator. Generators aren't so easy to crowdsource because they've got the moving parts. Looking at the D one hundred table of mosaics and frescoes and so on, it occurs to me if we're going to crowdsource tables, that's what we should be doing. So at some point, I think when I launch my next collaborative random table, we'll do it as a D100 and then we'll just gather gather together the entries. I've seen people do things like that uh, in various forms of social media. I think that'd be a really good thing for D percentile to do. So watch this space for a topic, maybe on MeWe. Um, I'll set something up on, on MeWe. Um, and then then people can contribute uh, different entries for a D100 table and we'll gather that all together and put it out and that can be quite fun. Um, as I'm making the table, doing when you're doing tables for your own use of course you can make uh, all sorts of assumptions about the world because you know the use that you're going to put the table to. This has really challenged me thinking about what can I, what can I assume, what kind of um, what kind of cultures and races and materials can I are, are going to be um, are going to be broadly applicable to the range of different uh, uses to which people might put the tables? I've found that quite challenging. I think I've erred on the side, or I'm trying to err, and I'm a little bit worried that a lot of the entries are quite banal. Um, 
I don't think it's really important that I accurately list all of the possible substances that uh, a medieval artist might attempt to make sculpture out of. I think it's more important that I go for the weirder and interesting and sometimes humorous elements. So I'm trying quite hard with that. So, for example, under things that you might make mosaics with, there's a few obvious things. And then I've suggested, yeah, my wife suggested pasta. <laughs> if you've got young kids, you see a lot of mosaics made out of pasta. That's still in the table at the moment. And then the last entry, um, if you roll a 12 on D12 for um, different components of the mosaics, you've got, you've got other things in there, teeth, coins, coloured glass or beads. And then you've got, if you roll a 12, fairies or pixies nailed to the wall. <laughs> I thought was I thought that was quite fun, um, and that's what I'm that's what I'm as I'm looking at the table now I'm thinking yes where I've said even under paintings I've said other interesting pigments could include and I think I've got a real duty to make those um, to make those roles surprising and interesting rather than the obvious because anybody could think of the obvious I suppose so that's that's something I've been thinking about as I've been putting this together uh, but you'll be able to see that or a version of it quite soon. All right, so that's me for the evening. A little bit of a bumper episode, gone slightly over. I'm trying to go for the 20-minute mark with these, but I'm quite pleased. It's my first episode. Plenty of random table discussion in there for you. Next thing I'm going to put out is probably going to be a bonus episode of some responses to some things I said in the last series about uh, ducks in Glorantha and halflings and hobbits. So watch out for that. Thank you for listening, and as always, keep rolling on those random tables. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact Dave, please leave a message on Anchor, email dpercentile at gmail.com, or find him on Twitter at d underscore percentile.